Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Pleasantries should be over. Now, I've been worried in my spirit because I've been listening to the audio version of this book. What is this? How to Neutralize Cases. You know, and the audio, I don't, I don't, I'm, I struggle to sit for long to read. So I enjoy listening to the audio book and uh, I've been listening to it quite seriously and I realized that number one, most of us are not aware the abundance of things that brings cases into our life. You know, it's almost like we understand landmines. When they say this place has landmines, nobody should go there, nobody will go there. But we don't understand that our day-to-day interaction and many things bring cases if we do it the wrong way. And most of us actually love doing what brings cases. It's like we've grown to love it. Because, you know, Satan is very wicked. The most dangerous things that actually leads you faster to distraction are the things that are also nice. Even in the natural, the food that most people like are the food that actually bring diseases. I mean, somebody told me, if you are eating KFC and you have to take out the skin, then it's of no use to eat it. You see, so it's like, it's like, and it's like the KFC, the nice part is the part that also has the fat. So it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's how the world we live in, that's how most of the dangerous things that leads to our distraction and the, the frustration in our lives here on earth. That's how they are. And I realized that a lot of us don't know. It's like we, we don't do it, not, we, we do it not, not thinking that it's anything. Amen. And so I, I just felt the need for us to talk about it more. But you see, what I realized also is that unless we grow in prayer, unless we grow in prayer and draw close to God, who knows some of the dangerous places and who would direct us away from them? We would naturally fall into it because of the way they are designed. They are designed to appeal to us. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 29. So listen, 
I'm giving you an advice. And if, if, if my word means anything to you, get, get a copy of this book and read it regularly. Don't, don't read it to finish. You get it. Intentionally don't finish it. Read a bit every day. And every time. Read a bit every day and every time. And then get a copy of the labor to be blessed. Is it finished? The little we have is finished. Do you have, who has copy here so that they see what it looks like? But it's finished. You didn't remind me to get more copies for you, did you? You didn't. You see, the, the book Labor to be Blessed. And it, this book must go with this one. This book must go with it. Because, you see, it's to show you the things that brings a blessing. And the only antidote to a curse is a blessing. The only antidote to a curse is like what makes a curse not successful in your life is the, is the blessing that is in your life. That is the only antidote. There's no antidote against a curse apart from a blessing. And so, we really need to, you see, because if, if you are not aware and you think, oh, I'm doing this only to discover that all that you did actually brought you here, it's, it's a very sad thing. At least, let me be informed so that when I do the wrong thing, I know that I was told and I did it. Are you with me? Yeah, I was told and I did it. So, we really need to Wake up. I said, we really need to wake up. Now, how many of you are visiting us for the first time? This is the first time you are visiting us. This is the first time. You are welcome. Okay. Unfortunately, you've come at a time when you are talking about serious issues. Do you get it? Now, now, what I find, this is my little observation. And you know, one of the things, one of the grace that has been given to me is the ability to do a good analysis and see the key things that needs to be attended to. That's, 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 that's what has been given to me. And that's the only reason why I'm standing here. It's that grace that God gave me to do analysis and see the important steps I need to take. And that's how come I'm here. Otherwise, I could have messed up my life the way other siblings of mine have. That's the only thing that I was given. Where I look at myself, I do the analysis and I speak the truth and I say, if this is where I want to go, then these steps must be present. So, I tend to you, even in my preaching and in my conversations, you always, it's like, if you don't, if you don't understand it, you feel that I'm too serious. But I'm not, I'm not serious. I'm not as serious as I look. Just that this grace analyzing and always evaluating what I'm doing leads me to always talk in a certain way. I can't, I can't bear seeing you doing things that I know that this thing is leading you nowhere. And then I'm quiet and laughing with you. And then when I leave you, I go and do the right thing. You know, some people are like that. They will go to the clubs with you. They will go watch the movies, play the DSTV, is it DS, yeah, what do you play? PlayStation. Yeah. 
You know, there are some people like that. They'll do everything with you. In fact, sometimes they are the ones that say, let's go and do this. And if you are lazy, they try to encourage you and motivate you. And then you go and do all that. Then when they come, when you are tired, they sit down. And then for one hour, they, they know how to read and how to remember what they read. So, they don't tell you that, oh, me, this is how I do mine. They, they, they tell you how to play and encourage you to play. So, you think we are the same. Before you realize, they are moving on and you are redoing your subject. And many other things are like that. Many other people are like that. But I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. I've tried, but I can't. So, when, when I don't, when I realize that Maybe you are not the type of person that he is. I go far away from you. So that I don't have to talk to you. Because if I'm with you, I'll talk to you. I promise you. And if I'm with you, I'll talk about what I think must be spoken about. So I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not a good pretender. Let me put it that way. And I don't know how to keep quiet over something that I know obviously. This thing is not going to lead you well. Because I'm wired also to be happy when people around me are happy. You get it? So it's almost like it's, it's a little type of a curse or I don't know whether it's a curse or a blessing. Where it's like I want to, so that's how I preach. So please uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a serious person but I, 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 I like talking about serious issues. There's a difference. You get it? I'm not a serious person, but I like talking about serious issues. Amen. Good. Now, one of the things that I'm, I'm, make, I'm making some points. They are not connected, but they are connected when, you, when I finish. So if you are waiting to write point one, point two, my preaching, you don't write. You listen. You get it? Now, one of the things that I have come to realize is that a lot of people walk around and they move but they don't give thought to where they want to go what they want to see in their lives and the steps that are needed so most people just wish good things for themselves but that is where it ends so they, they, they it's like they are moved by anything and they move around, they keep doing things without asking yourself, why am I doing this and where is it leading me to? Is that where I want to go? And it's one of the problems of life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. That's the first verse in this book, Ecclesiastes 4. I think we should get a bigger TV screen. Maybe about because the place is small so that we can use it or maybe find another or a projector screen rather. We get a projector screen. Okay. Now, you say there is one alone. There's one into bracket alone. And it goes on. There's not a second. Yea, he hath neither child 
no brother. In other words, it's like he, the person is alone in this world. No relative, nothing. He's alone. I don't know how he came. <laughs> That's there we go. How nobody comes alone. Do you get it? Because even if you came with your mother, your mother, you came through your mother and father, they are connected. But the Bible is saying he, the person is alone. Yet is there no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he. Now, this is the portion. This is the portion. You see? Please. Okay. He said, neither saith he, for whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good. Now, you see, yes, you can be alone and not be satisfied with riches. Because the Bible says, they that love silver shall never be satisfied with silver. And they that love abundance shall never be satisfied with income. That's what the Bible says. So if you love silver, in other words, if you love riches, riches will never be enough for you. And if you love to increase, you love abundance, you will never have an increase that says enough. Like somebody who likes to eat and who eats. They are never full. They are like Hoover. Anything they will eat. And it doesn't matter what where, when, they will eat. But somebody who doesn't like food, a little, a little food is enough for them. Do you get it? That's your problem. But that's how, <laughs> that's life. You get, so what you love, is never enough. That, that's, the, that's the catch. What you love, when you love something, it's never enough. So, this I understand that Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Because maybe he loves riches. Number two. There's no end of his labor. Fine. The third portion is a question that everybody should be asking themselves. But unfortunately, unless you ask yourself that question, you will never stop moving. And you will never redirect your movement. Asking the question that he should ask himself is for whom do I labor? In, it's, it's almost like asking yourself, why am I doing all this? I, I don't know if you understand what, I, what, what I'm saying. So, so the question is, you see, as you look to a question that somebody is supposed to ask, it, you should also look at yourself and say, what is the question that am I, I'm supposed to ask myself? Most people don't. It will surprise you. You think people, it's, it's, it's a natural question. But most people don't. Why, why am I here? And why am I doing what I'm doing? Most people don't. The result is that there is a lot of aimless, or let me put it this way, there's a lot of fruitless activity. There's a lot of fruitless activities. Number two, there's a lot of imbalance. 
You see, unless you ask yourself appropriate questions, you are likely to, to not balance things that must be balanced. And number three, there's a lot of neglect. You see, as a Christian, if you are born again and you believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, it should make you understand clearly by reading the Bible that your life is not about how much food you have. Your life is not about how much clothes you have. Your life is not about where you stay. Your life is not about who married you or who didn't marry you. Your life is not about how many children biologically you have. Now, if you read the Bible carefully, you would find out that your life is a little bit above all these things. If you read the Bible carefully, if you read the Bible carefully, you should be bothered about what your life will be like when Christ shall appear. It's because we don't ask questions. You see, it's because we don't do detailed analysis. That's why it doesn't bother us. The most, the saddest thing that was said or that was allowed into Christianity is the statement that you are so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly use. That statement is an evil statement to derail Christians. Unless you are very heavenly minded, you can never be of earthly use. You see, unless you are very heavenly minded, the, this evaluation of why am I here? What am I doing here? What is important? You, it, you will never get it right. You see, the guy has no end of all his labor because the question that he should ask is not asking. Unless you ask the right question, you will never do the right thing. I said, unless you ask the right questions, you will never do the right things. You may, you may go to the right place, but you will not do the right thing. You, you may have the right thing, but it may just be as an ornament. You see, let me, let me explain something to you. If you think what I'm saying is not true. Why should we have so many arrangements of prayer and fasting. Why? I'm asking you a question. I need, I, I'm, I'm not asking to answer myself. I'm expecting you to answer. Why, why should we have all these funny arrangements of fasting and prayer. 
asking you a question. You see, that, that, that we are having this arrangement tells you and me that there's something wrong with us. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Jesus was asked, why don't your disciples fast? Jesus was asked, why don't your disciples fast? And he said, oh, they are not fasting because I'm around. When I'm gone, they will have to fast. So, which means that in the eyes of Jesus, fasting is an essential component of your work on this earth. He demonstrated it by fasting, at least at the beginning of his ministry, for 40 days and 40 nights. Number two, there was a situation where the disciples could not deal with the, the presence of a demon in a, somebody's life. And the disciples asked Jesus, why, is, why could we, I think it's Mark chapter 9 also, why, why could we not cast this demon out? And Jesus said, this one does not go but by prayer and fasting. Now, if there is a demon, that would only go but by prayer and fasting. Why should you not, as a Christian, develop your ability to fast and pray? Am I, am, I, am I presenting a point? You see, the fact, listen carefully, the fact that we have to have various presentation of fasting and prayer tells you that there is a problem. I don't know if you understand. You see, we are doing church. Yes, we are doing church. We are gathered here not as a nightclub, even though the place is dark. Are you with me? It's church. We are reading the Bible. But, you see, unless we evaluate things well, we will just be gathering and going and coming without having any effect. Why should somebody who says he's a Christian, why should we struggle with you developing your prayer life? When Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, men always ought to pray and not faint. Why should, why should all these things it's almost, it's almost like somebody says I want to put on weight but I'm not going to eat. I'm believing God to put on weight but I'm not going to eat. Everybody who has weight, they eat. That one I can tell you. Don't, don't, don't believe them. They say I don't eat. Don't believe them. Everybody who has weight has a good appetite. No, no, no. That, uh, that, that's the only way by which you can gain weight. So, the point I'm trying to say, make here is that you can see that something is wrong clearly with us. Because some of us have been in church for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years. And yet we, and yet we can't even, without anybody telling us, we can't on our own just exercise ourselves in fasting and prayer. 
on our own, on our own. And yet we say we are Christians. And you see, what happens is that what we don't value, when we have new people coming, we never make it a point for them to develop in that. So for example, if me as a Christian don't value prayer and fasting, don't value reading of the word of God and living it out, when I have young Christians, I'm not likely to make it like the main thing that they must develop. Are you getting my point? I don't know whether I'm saying something or... You are expecting me to tell you that God is going to increase you. No, you see, I don't need to tell you that God is going to increase you. When you do what brings increase, even God doesn't have to give instructions. The angels will go on and on. Because they know if you do this, this, if you do that, that. Are you getting my point? Now, now this year is a year of the Great Commission. It's a year of shepherding, depending on where you are. But you see, people can't give birth to viable or things that have life in them if they themselves don't have life. And, and what, what is happening to us, to Christianity today, is that the Christians today are not viable. There's no life. You see, we don't do the things that releases the blessing and the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So we are not, we can't, we don't influence anything. You see, when we are in a place, it's as dark as we are not there. Because the light in us is not shining. Because the things that will make the light shine, we have trivialized it. And we don't do it. Obviously, an enemy has done this. And we have to begin to really do these things by giving ourselves a proper prayer. You see, most of us don't take coming to church seriously. And it, you see, if, if coming to church, you, you would think, you would think that some people, that a person doesn't take coming to church seriously, doesn't mean that they are not serious with the Lord. But I, and that, that is true, that there are some people that are serious with the Lord in private, like their Bible reading, their prayer life. There are some people that... But such a person is very likely to also take church seriously. So I can judge by even our attitude towards coming to church what we are when we are on our own. Yeah. I, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, 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 are we allowed to be honest in church? So, so what, do you, what do you tell the person what, what, you, what you think of what I'm saying? Whether it applies to you or it doesn't apply to you. And you see, you see, most of us comfort ourselves with the fact that 
Oh no, we go to church. But listen to what God said in Matthew 15, verse 8. We are going to pray a prayer of repentance and ask the Lord to give us a new start. Ask the Lord to help us to be real to him and to walk with him uprightly. Now, it is only then we would walk in the blessing that will overcome every curse that is released from the earth. You see, the earth where we are, we've born into a place where things are not nice already. Not because we did anything wrong. No. We, we when we came, like these little ones, they have done nothing wrong. But they have come into a world where there's evil. And there's curse that is operating already. Not because they did anything wrong. They have actually entered. So they are going to grow up having to now learn how to navigate the mind of curses that are all over the place. You see, and a curse, it, it, a curse in simple terms is just makes your life frustrating. It's a curse when it's working makes a life frustrating. What should make you happy does not make you happy. What should give you peace gives you trouble. I mean, look at it. That the homeless person and the one who has a house, who is supposed to be happy? Come again. But a lot of people with houses are troubled because they are, they are checking who is breaking into my house. Who is going to steal my... I mean, the one who has a car and the one who doesn't have a car, who should be happy? But the one who has a car is worried about theft, about where to park and all. So it's almost like what should make you happy doesn't make you happy because, because of the presence of a case. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Yeah. The things that should make us happy, don't. So, a curse is just, I mean, in simple terms, it's just frustrations. Frustration, that's all. The person who has not been to school and the person who has been to school, who should be happy? But you'd be surprised that the one who has been to school is rather depressed and the one who has not been to school is just happy moving around. Because the one who has been to school have been told that when you go to school, you get a job. Life changes. So now that he has finished school for five years, ten years, and there's no job, it's leading him to depression. The one who has not been to school knows I've not been to school. So me, I'm just parking. So, so he's standing by the roadside, parking cars, and, and whistling, come, 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 come. And he can only give him two runs. He's happy. He's just moving. And you who has had a university education is depressed. Because you can't get an interview for a job. Even, you, you are just praying that they will just call you for an interview. Not even the job. You see, that is the case. I said, that is the case. Are, are you with me? So, it's not your evil that you've done or your evil that is you. It's the beginning of what happened when God created the earth. The curse 
curse was released because of what happened. So you are walking into an environment that is cursed. But the way that you are being shown through Jesus is that through this way, you can have a blessing that would make you survive and overcome the curse. And yet, we are not serious with what would make our lives overcome the case here on earth. Because we don't ask ourselves the question, for whom do I labor? Why, why am I here? And is, that, is, is here the only place? Does it end here? Does it end here? If it doesn't end here, then what, what can I do or what am I expected to do here to make there better? But we don't care. As I was reading the scripture, where was I supposed to read? I said Matthew 15. And I, this, is, this one is a caution for me, for you and me. You see, God said, or a prophecy was spoken about the Israelites. The people that God himself said they are own. He, he warned them and said, these people, they draw nigh to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. A lot of us, our heart is far from me. You see, that prayer and fasting, I mean, some of us, if, if I, I need to give a practical example. Anybody with somebody that you're in a relationship with. If you know, I know. Don't raise your hand because I'm not talking about you. But if you know, I don't know. You can raise your hand. So that it's not like, because you told me this, that's why. No. Because I, want, I want an example. I can, I can give you my example. But my example would only go and support what I'm saying. So I want somebody that I've not planned with. Is there anybody you are in a relationship with a boy? I mean, a boy in a relationship with a girl or a girl in a relationship with a boy. Okay, great, okay. Everybody is quiet. They don't want to expose themselves. Okay, okay. Is there anybody you have been in a relationship before that didn't work out? Come again. Is there anybody here you have been in a relationship before that didn't work out? Just lift up your hand. Okay. Okay. Good. I need one lady and one gentleman. Ah, but Matlasella, you even didn't say anything. Okay. So I need one lady, one gentleman. I just want to ask you. Okay. And who else? Okay. Yeah, just time. Come, come, come this way so that we'll see. Okay, come in front. Come in front. The two of you come. Now I'm just going on. We are you see, we are talking about the scripture here. In the first two months, the relationship didn't work out. In the first two months of that relationship. When you wake up in the morning, what were the thoughts in your mind, in your heart, towards the person? <laughs> no, no, it's just simple. It's, there's no trick. Just yeah. Okay. Um, it will be the first person that I think of. In it will be the first person that he thinks, she thinks of. Yes. And, and I would check my phone. Maybe he would check have already... Check your phone, yes. but he has a message for you. Yes. If not, then I would text if home. not, <laughs> and and how often do you wish to see him? Um, all the time. 
All the time. All the time. Thank you. No further questions. <laughs> now, how about you? The same question. How was it like in the first two months? No. No, bring the mic. She she drove me crazy. No further questions. Now, 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 now. The question I want to ask you is: Are you in a relationship with God? Are you in a relationship with God? Hello? Does He move you? The way it is, you can't answer. very important too. Because most of us feel and think that, oh, we come to church so God should be happy. Listen, God is not looking. Your church attendance means nothing to God. It's your church attendance. Are you getting it? It's your church attendance. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your heart. Whether you are genuine because he has known you when you are in love with another human being. You get it? God, God is not judging you by his own standard though. He's judging you by your standard, by your own standard. By your own standard. Jesus told them that, me, I want you. Moses, Moses, that is everything to you. That you're keeping the He is the one who judges you. So, so listen, we are with, by the grace of God, we are all at a stage where we've all fallen in love with another person at one stage or the other. And the feeling, the feeling is universal. I said the feeling is universal. It's not like, oh, mine is, that anybody, if you've ever been in love before with somebody, especially in the first few months, hey, I'm glad that I'm old and I don't want to be, because, hey, yeah, no, no. You can't do anything. It's like you can't, it's, it's one of the reasons why I advise students Especially when you just started your course and you are not about to, you are not like in your last year or thereabout. I say, you know what, just because this thing is a door of problem. Because when you start and your heart goes out to the person, yo, you see, either way, it would, it would distract you from your studies. When the person is very nice, you are always preoccupied with the person. When the person misbehaves, that also becomes another problem. So it's almost like a door that is dangerous. So I tell young people, listen, yes, you say, but Bishop, you, you said you married or you had a beloved when you were in third year. Yes, I didn't know many of these things. But now that I know, I can see areas by which things can come into your life. And sometimes everybody is different. Sometimes some people will do it and it will go well with them. You will do it and it may be trouble. But I've learned that either way, the person is a very good person, very loving, caring, it will distract you from your studies. The person is very funny, sly in their ways, it will also distract you. I mean, can you imagine you are in a relationship with somebody that you are, maybe you are going to write exam in three days time and then you decide, oh, let me go and visit him. And then when you go, oh, let me go and visit her. And when you go, there's another boy in the room. And you see, boys know when a boy is in control. I don't need your, your confession to know whether this boy is sleeping with you or has authority over you. I just, I just have to, I just, you, I just have to see you when you were not expecting me. 
There, you see, there is a way a boy carries themselves when they have a girl as this. And there's a way a girl carries themselves when they have a boy as this. It's as simple as that. I, don't ask me how. When I see it, I can see it. So, so you can imagine as a young man or as a young lady, you are serious, you are going to write a exam three days and then you go and here is this girl or this boy in your beloved's room. And the way the person is sitting, you can see that You can see that this is not just a friend. And then when you leave and you go, you are supposed to sit down and study. No wonder you read the title of the chapter for three hours. And no wonder you can't sleep. Because you just can't sleep. I don't know whether some of you have experienced it, but me, I've experienced it before. I'm, I'm sharing from you, my personal experience. I've experienced it before. When you start counting the ceilings, and you keep counting it, and it never finishes counting. Yeah, hallelujah. Why doesn't God have the same thing? I'm saying, why doesn't God have the same thing? And why, why are you telling God that he should be happy that you've come to church? Listen, the fact, that, the fact that we are not excited about prayer, the fact that we are not excited about reading his text message, the fact that we are not excited about hearing his voice and, and fighting to hear his voice, it tells us that our heart is far. But we have been deceived to think that, oh, because we come to church, we are fine. Listen, it's our season of prayer and fasting. Decide what you want. I said, decide what you want to do. I mean, for us to even have levels, what is levels? No, we are doing something wrong. We are doing something wrong. There's something wrong. I mean, as he was saying that some people can fast for one hour. What, what is fasting for one hour? And then some people can fast for three hours and five hours. Now, meanwhile, Jesus said, this kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. Should you not develop that aspect of you in case you meet that type of demon which goes fully by prayer? Well, that one was what Jesus pointed out. But could there be other, many others that also don't go out but by prayer and fasting? Which demon in your life would go out only by prayer and fasting? And you have not developed it. You say you are a Christian and you are not looking forward to developing your ability to fast and pray. No, there's something wrong with us. There is something wrong with us. We are not excited at reading the text of Jesus. We say it's boring. Meanwhile, you, when you are in love with somebody, you don't mind they saying the same line every morning. Every morning. Every morning. You don't mind just the fact that there's something from them. It's enough. And how about God? You know what? Today I didn't intend to preach. I just intended to draw our attention. What is really? I'm, I'm worried. I said, what are you doing? What are we doing? Are we, really, are we really going to make an impact? In our own lives and in the lives of other people. Or we are busy moving around, not even asking ourselves, what am I doing and why am I doing what I'm doing? I think let's rise to we want to pray. Oh, you don't want to pray. Yeah, we want to ask the Lord, Father, we can see clearly that there's something wrong. You see, when I became a Christian, there's no modification. It doesn't matter how long you have been a Christian. Prayer and fasting is prayer and fasting. You fast for one whole week without food. You go to work. You go to work Monday to Friday. And then you go and pray 
till 2 a.m. from 9 p.m. and you go to work. I didn't die. If anything, it has made me a pastor and a better Christian. So why, why should we modify and you pray one hour? It's like some of you, listen, listen, I'm not talking to you if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I'm talking to you when you are born again and have received Jesus as your Lord and personal. You are the one I'm talking to. You are the one I'm talking to. That if we don't rise up, you see, the blessing that comes from loving and knowing God will not come to us. And we will fight through this life having only the curses that are on earth opposing us. And we'll discover that we, we, were, we were destined for a blessing which was to make us overcome the curses and to cause us to do well. But because we never loved, we never received it. Lift up your voice. Can you, can you pray to the Lord? The Lord have mercy. I repent. I repent oh, yes. of my ways. Help me, Jesus. Help I have not me. thought oh. through. Oh, yes. Help me, Jesus. And I have not analyzed me. properly. Oh, yes. I have not thought through. What oh, I should be doing. Oh, yes. Help I've allowed me. other things Help to be me. of importance to me. Help me, Jesus. Master things me. that have no power Master against Master the evil that is in this world. Oh, yes. Help me, Jesus. Thank you. Help me, Jesus, to change Ma my Karabala. ways, to correct my ways, to change, to repent. Lord, I've not thought through what will help me in this work with you. Help me, Jesus, to ask the right questions. Everybody, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's Thank ask you, God. Spirit. Let's repent change our hearts, change our minds, our way of doing things. Help us, Jesus. Thank we you, want to change, we want to make a turn in our lives. A complete change Father, of the way we do things. Lord, help me to love with Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. Help me, Holy Spirit. Oh, help me, Spirit Help me that I will turn and draw my heart to the Lord. 
For he is my everything, he is my redeemer, he is my salvation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, with all my heart, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help. Ask the Lord to help. That our walk will be sincere. That we will focus on what is essential. There is a lot of cares in this life. Therefore, let us seek and do the things that bring a blessing. Makarandori ya babu, 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 
Lord, you know this world because you created the earth which we live belongs to you. And you know what is here and how to live and overcome every evil. By your spirit, Lord, we cry for help. Deliver us from deception. Grant us the discipline to do what we ought to do that we may overcome the case that is it. Thank you for Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. You know, as a pastor, it's very frustrating when you see people walking on the road that is leading nowhere. But distraction and unhappy life. And you are busy trying to get them to walk on the right way. And they are ignoring you. You see, if you are not a pastor, you never understand the pain of a pastor. In other words, I'm not saying if you don't have a church, I'm saying if you are not a pastor. You may have a church, but you may not have a pastor's heart. But when you have a pastor's heart, it, it really eats you up. It really eats you up. And you want to help people to do what they need to do. Hallelujah. And sometimes it doesn't come out well. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to share with you about blessings. And we need, we need the blessings. The blessings come from God. Blessings come from nowhere else but God. Blessings come from God and those whom God has designated to be a source of blessing. Hallelujah. Blessings come from God and those designated by God to be a source of blessing. You see, Jacob was blessed and Jacob labored to be blessed. A character in the Bible that shows us that you can labor to be blessed is Jacob. You see, Jacob was born together with Esau. But Jacob turned out different from Esau. We don't know of the descendants of Esau. We don't even know where they are. But we know of the descendants of Jacob. Several thousands of years after he lived, we still can trace his lineage. And his descendants are blessed everywhere. Wherever they are, they have the riches. They are one of the, as I was listening to the book, I realized that they are one of the people that have been persecuted by the whole world. Everybody wanted to eliminate them, but you can't eliminate them. And they are there. The things that fought against them, 
and try to eliminate them, the kingdoms and the people, all of those things have disappeared. But they are still there. Why? Because of the blessing. Hallelujah. And therefore, you must labor to be blessed. Are you here with me? We are looking at the life of Jacob. And I'm saying that Jacob labored to be blessed. He, he was not just blessed by sitting there. He was blessed because he wanted to be blessed. The first evidence of his effort was when he came home to his, or when he was home and his brother came who was hungry and asked for food. His brother Esau came and he asked for food. Jacob's first response was, I'm giving you this food in exchange of for what? I want your birthright. Have you found the scripture? Genesis Jacob's first response was, I want your birthright. Now, what is a birthright? A birthright is a blessing that comes upon you because of your position. A birthright is the blessing that comes from you because of your position. And in the order of blessing, the first child is always a blessed child. Whether they will live out to be a blessed child or not is another thing. But by being the first child, there's a blessing that comes. There's a blessing of the first child. There is a natural blessing according to God's arrangement. The first one belongs to God. And that one is blessed. So Esau coming first had a blessing of God upon him by virtue of his coming first. But you see, he had not a value much of this blessing. So he was willing to offer it when his life was threatened with hunger. You see, there is a blessing that comes by being born again. Most of us are not aware. That you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's a blessing upon your life. You see, by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is a blessing upon your life where the evil of this world should not be able to overcome you. Because you belong to God. Christians don't value it. They will give it up like Esau for whatever is pleasing to their flesh. You see, I could have given up the blessing of being born again by just ignoring it, mishandling it, not investing in it, and Investing in other things. Yeah. 
I could have given it up by not investing in it and investing in other things. Listen, it is only now that I can see what I've done, but not that I knew it when I was doing it. I mean, let me be honest with you. Are you with me? Because sometimes, you see, as pastors, we talk like from the beginning, we have always got it right. Sometimes you get it right, not because you knew what you were doing, but because God has ordained it. So, now I can see that by not neglecting the blessing of being born again, my life is different. And I expect your life also to be different. That's why I'm sharing with you. That, you see, don't be like Esau that said, what? The next verse. Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau was willing to sell it. He didn't negotiate for it. You see, if he valued the birthright, he could have rebuked his brother for thinking like that. And say, you're wicked. You're wicked. Small food you give me as my brother. You want me to sell you my birthright. Something small God has given to me. But he said, What, what am I going to do with it? Of course, when you don't know what you are going to do with it, that's why it will easily be taken away from you. You see, God must have also looked and said, this guy doesn't deserve a blessing. Probably that's why the second attempt of Jacob worked. But you see, Jacob, you can see that this guy labored for a blessing. I said, he labored for a blessing. His efforts in life, he, his goal was, I must be blessed. Because if I am blessed, everything of my life will work. And we should labor for a blessing. You see, don't believe other things that are taking your attention. You see, when you have a blessing, the other things would work. You see, when you have a blessing, when you buy a house, it will bring happiness. Yeah. Yeah, when you have, when, the things, you see, there are things that you labor for that are supposed to bring you happiness, fulfillment, and things. But when you have them, they don't because of the case. But when there's a blessing, they, the things bring you more than because the blessing takes away the curse. The blessing takes away the curse. So we must labor to be blessed. So we see clearly, this is one place. The other place was when he had to impersonate his brother. When the mother heard that the father wants to bless the brother. The mother, I don't know why she came up with that idea. And it will look like God also didn't say anything. You see, there are a lot of questions we need to ask God. But me, I can see that Jacob is a person who respects blessings and curses. So when the mother brought up the idea of impersonating the brother, his first response was, I can easily be cursed. I don't want to be cursed. I'm looking for a blessing. 
at least I've managed to get the best right. It may go far. Don't let me go and do something that cancels it. But what happened was that when the father spoke to the elder brother to go and bring food so that he would eat and bless, the mother heard and the mother did it for Jacob. And once he was assured of the curse that the mother would take care of him, he said, then I can go for the blessing. So he went for the blessing and he was blessed. And when the brother came and the father discovered that he has blessed the wrong person, the father told the brother that there's nothing I can do. I've blessed him and he will be over you. Third point, when he was running away and he had a dream, Of where he slept in Bethel. There also he asked for protection from God. He asked for help from God. And he told God, if you will do this for me, I'll be you'll be my God. And he did. He did it. The evidence that the, the blessing is working was tested out when he went to work in his uncle's farm. I said the evidence that the blessing is working is visible when he went to his uncle's farm. His uncle said, all of it is in Genesis. His uncle said, I have come to realization that since you came, my things are working. May you labor to be blessed. I said, may you labor to and I'm laboring to be blessed. I'm laboring to be blessed. Hallelujah. So, for a few moments, I've just given you an example in the Bible of somebody whose effort was to be blessed. And let me say this to you. Seeking a blessing is not an easy task because it's a I don't know if I, what I said. You see, you would have thought that if you are seeking a blessing, because it's a good thing you are seeking from God, it should come easy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But I'm here to tell you that it doesn't come easy. That's why you have to labor for it. That's why you must make every effort for it. Because some people, we feel that because it's a good thing. When we attempt to do it, it should come easily. It doesn't. And it is because you are laboring for something or you are, you are trying to get a good thing in a bad environment. Are you with me? The difficulty of seeking good things or seeking things that brings blessings is because of the environment in which we are. So if, if you arm yourself with that mind, then you go prepared. And when difficulty is encountered by you, you will not be deceived from that difficulty that if, if it was good,
good thing. Why are you struggling? I, I don't know if you understand it. That Satan tells us that if it's a good thing you are doing, why are you struggling? He should tell you that I'm struggling because you are here. You are the cause of the struggle. It's not what I am doing, which is not good. But you are the cause of the struggle. And the, the importance of this is so that when you wake up to do what is right, that will bring a blessing. And you begin to find difficulty. You will, you will, you will, you will say, this thing is trying to stop me. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that you labor because when you are blessed, your chicken will not die. They will multiply. They will not be sick. They will be healthy. Your chickens, your, your animals, whatever you are doing, instead of getting one, you get multiples of it. That's how a blessing Things work. I said, when a blessing is upon your life, things work. Amen. So let's see some of the things that bring a blessing. I'm not going to go into details. Amen. You have the book. The, the, I'm just doing one point. Where's, where's your book? I gave it to you. Now you have the book. I'm doing chapter 4. If you don't have the book, try and get it. Point one, chapter four, point one. Labor for a blessing. Labor for a blessing. How? By keeping the commandment. Psalm 112 verse 1 to 3. How many agree with me that as Christians we have not taken the keeping of God's word seriously? Yeah. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't. But you see, that is why we are Christians and yet we are not experiencing You see, if there's anything that has set us on a wild goose chase, it's refusal to keep God's word. Because of that, so many things are wrong in our lives. So anybody who promises to help us, we run to them. And we'll be there for a while, then after that we discover that it's not working. You see, let me, let me say something. If it was working, when one prophet rises up and attracts a crowd of people, if it was working, the rising of another prophet shouldn't lead to a depletion of this one's church. It's not working. I said it's not working. And you see, when it's not working, sometimes it takes a while for you to see that it's not working. Because initially we have hope. I said initially we have hope. By one or two signs we see. But with time we discover that 
Overall, we are still where we are or where we were. So now, quietly, we start looking for the next prophet. And it comes from simply not just keeping the command. Someone want to. What did he say? He said, bless ye the Lord. Or praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. And delighted greatly in his commandment. Blessed. What is this? They say, how does how do you write it in English? Listen to me. Don't let coming to church be. It's like I go to church and that's where it ends. No, that's where it begins. I said going to church should be a beginning, not an end. I said going to church should be a beginning, not an end. It should be a beginning of a journey where you seek to keep God's commandment that he may bless you. Because the psalmist said, praise ye the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his command. Joyful. When you are blessed, you'll be joyful. When things are working, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, there's no place for sadness. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. As I said, they themselves, the people who keep the commandments, they themselves will be wealthy. And their good deeds will last forever. If you don't like the psalm, you can read Psalm 1, the whole of Psalm. If you don't like this one, you can read someone. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Then it goes on to describe their outcome. Listen, I don't want to preach for long. I think I've said enough. You know what? I'm not seeking to impress you. I want you to rise up and do what you need to do for yourself. Because I'm doing it for myself and I'm fighting to do it for myself. So do it for yourself. I, I'm, I don't want to be a superman. Like the, the, I'm the man amongst you. No. When I am blessed and you are not, it means I'm a very bad leader. I'm a very poor shepherd. And I have no reward for shepherding. It is when you are blessed that I can be counted as a good shepherd. 
Hallelujah. It's not going to come easy. I wish I could tell you to come easy. It's not going to come. Neither is it going to come overnight. It's not going to come easy. It's not going to come overnight. Stop thinking that, oh, because I've said it, when you decide to do it, it will be easy. When you wake up at dawn to pray, your body will tell you, let us sleep. When you take a Bible to read, your mind will tell you it is boring. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you want to listen to preaching, then your mind will tell you, have you checked your messages? Meanwhile, you have notification. If there was a message, you would have seen it. Because Satan wants you to miss a portion of it. Most of us, we listen to, we don't listen to preaching, number one. Those of us who listen to preaching, we don't think about what we hear. We listen, but we don't. There's a large chunk of us don't, don't listen. But you see, if you listen to preaching, preaching is the word of God empowered by the Holy Spirit. Preaching is the is Holy Spirit inspired. Of course, depending on the preacher. So listening to preaching is an important component of your spiritual development. And of course, you must choose who you listen to. And think, meditate on what you hear. Don't just listen for listening. Think on it, think on what you hear. Do you, why do you think that a guy or a lady's expression or saying something gets you so excited? It's because you think on what they have written. It's, it's not because they wrote it, but it's because you thought on it. So in the same way, the word of God is not having its place in your life because you don't think of it. You don't delight in it. You don't meditate in it. So, so, to you, it feels like that thing is not working. It's not working because you are not doing what you must do. But not that it's not working. Because it's working in other people's lives. And listen, there's no excuse that justifies you're not meditating on the word of God or not meditating on the preaching you have heard. There's no excuse. Because Sometimes the feeling I get is that people think that because I have an excuse, I'm justified. You are not justified by the excuse. Because if, you, if the thing demands you to meditate on it, for it to begin to affect you, if you don't meditate on it, no amount of excuse will cause it to affect you. You don't like my preaching. Remember, I'm not serious, but I talk about seriously. Because I want you to do well. Because it's not nice when you are the only person who is prospered among a branch of people that are suffering. It, you, are, you always have to hide your prosperity. And you can't even talk about it. But when we have all prospered and we are happy, we are, we are blessed left, right, center, we can just be happy with ourselves. And nobody's afraid of anybody coveting what they have or what is happening to them. 
Hallelujah. You must be blessed. I said you must be blessed. And you must labor for it. By keep first step, keeping the commandments. What has the Lord said in his word that you are not keeping? And one area that I will go into it, not now, but I'm telling you so that you know, is the area of sexual immorality. Yeah, I'll come there. Don't worry. I'll come. I've promised you. This one is a preview. Yeah. It's not next week, but it's coming. I'll come there. Coming soon. Yeah. You see, I was praying. And I don't know what I was saying or thinking. But the Lord told me. In my word, marriage is a step that will take you back in walking with you. In the word of God, especially in the New Testament, marriage is a step that will take you back. Even in the Old Testament, it's because of Solomon's marriage. That's why his son Rehoboam didn't enjoy the blessing that he Solomon enjoyed. It's because of marriage. He married many strange, he loved many strange women. And they turned their heart from God. He said that his heart was not right with God, as was his father David. Yeah. So in the Bible, when you check carefully, marriage is not very elegant. The only concession that is made for marriage has to do with instead of fornicating, let us marry. Yeah. Something that was not elevated, something that was not given prominence, something that was not clamored for, all of a sudden is being allowed to present so that another thing will not be present then it means what is not being wanted to be present is very dangerous say that even this one is a better compromise but you see what it is is that what it is that there our south african environment sexual immorality is so much that if you are going to focus on it invariably you have nobody in your church And now it's even worse. Swinging left, swinging right. And pornography and all those things. But you see, that is common. Does not reduce its danger. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So it's almost like, don't trivialize it. And don't, don't, don't give it less attention because it's common. Because the Lord told me, that, watch carefully, that the only reason why marriage was promoted was to eliminate this particular thing. So it should tell you its ability to reduce people to nothing. 
if you read first Corinthians chapter 7, it's a day that will marry, they will not they care for the things of the man or the woman, how they may please each other, and not for the things of God. Yeah. So it's marriage is a compromise in according to the scriptures and the life Christ wants us to have. But he said it is better to have that compromise than to. But anyway, I told you I'll come there. So this is what this is what is our way to. Let's rise to Thank you for this. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can no longer take it common. You, it, not that you, you can no longer minimize your talking about it because it's common. That's, that's what the Lord told me. You can no longer minimize the talking about it because it's common. Because you see, for some people, it may mean total annihilation. For some people, they may have it, but it doesn't kill them because of the blessing that is operating. And you see, the thing is that do you know that the effect of a disease or some diseases the effect differs according to the stage or according to the age at which you are afflicted by it. The same virus. The same virus. The same virus. The same bacteria. The effect on you is different according to your age. I said yes. That is why they have come up with some diseases that the child must be immunized immediately after the child is born. Because it's like when they get it as a child, the effect is different from when they get it as adults. Yeah. In the same way, there are things spiritually when they affect you at a spiritually young age you never get to develop the same thing may affect you at a spiritually older age and the effect is different so the Lord told me be careful don't just ignore it and by the grace of God this year, this year I'll talk about it I promise I promise you, if you don't want to hear it, don't come to church. And I'll talk about it until you don't like it. Lift up your question. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for your Lord, help us. Your commandment. Your commandment. Help us to we are praying. Let us pray to delight, to delight in the law of the Lord. To love your commandments. Let us pray to have a delight. To delight in your commandment. To be excited by it. Oh yes, to be excited. To want it. Oh yes, to want it. Just the delight. In what God is saying. Holy Spirit. Your commandments. 
help us jesus by your by you Rikataranga by your power by help your us. holy spirit help us for jesus masa telebribresiantara babrokitaya thank you rikatala woru ribere masa tala woru bikabara siantara mama 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 ndiri rikabara siantara mama 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 ndiri mesen telebolu rikabara siantere mama 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 ndiri mesen telebolu rikabara siantere mama mama ndiri masa telebolu rikabara siantara mama 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 ndiri masa telebolu rivelandarias maka tala woru Lord, show me a way. Show me a way that will help to delight in your word. I need your help, Holy Spirit. You are the one who implanted us a desire. Implanted our hearts a desire. Implanted our hearts a desire. The desire for your word. love that never fails. At this moment, at this hour, we stand before you in prayer, asking for your mercy, that you grant unto us an inner delight for your word. For your word is a light unto our path, a lamp unto us. By thy word, Lord, we escape every trap and every wickedness of the world. 
For by thy word we walk in the wisdom that is from above. For by thy word we are delivered from every frustration that is on this earth. For your word tells us that the earth is cursed. Therefore we seek your blessing. Your blessing that makes us overcome the curse that is in this world. Your blessing that makes our lives meaningful. Your blessing that makes our life fulfilling. Your blessing that makes our lives pleasing to you. This is what we seek of you. Thank you that by your spirit we shall overcome every deception as we pursue your blessing. By your spirit, Lord, we shall have the supernatural strength to labor against every form of opposition as we seek to delight and to walk in your way. Lord, you have said in your word, blessed are they that thirst and hunger after righteousness. May this be the goal of our lives, Lord, that we may hunger truth after righteousness. Holy Spirit, we are grateful for always showing us the way, teaching us the truth, and bringing us to Jesus our Savior, by whom we have access to God through his blood. Jesus, you died for us to show us the way and to show us how to overcome because you overcame. May our trust in your instructions never fail. But cause it to grow stronger and stronger. And whatever you have said, we will do. If you said, lay up not for yourself treasures on earth, Lord, we will not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth. If you say, take no thought of tomorrow what you shall eat or wear, we shall not take thought of tomorrow what you shall eat or wear. But our Heavenly Father knoweth that we have need of this according to your word. May this be our trust and our faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Jesus is the answer for the world. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the answer. I want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. Lift up your right hand. Every head bowed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't leave this place without being born again. Because Jesus met a pastor. Jesus met a religious leader by name Nicodemus. Who came to acknowledge that except Jesus had come from God and except God be with him, he can never do the thing that he would do. Jesus' response to him was, it's not enough to acknowledge who I am and where I came from. But the most important thing is for you to be born again. By believing on me as a son of God. Every head bowed and every eye I say, Pastor, please. I want to be born again. Lift up your right hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that I can come to you just as I am to ask for forgiveness of my sin. And to declare my faith in Jesus. 
as your son who came to die for my sins. Who overcame death by rising from the dead and seated at your right hand. Jesus, by your blood, I'm delivered from Satan. By your blood, I am purchased for you. I belong to you. You are my master. You are my savior. I will serve you all the days of my life here. Thank you for your help. And thank you for your love. Let me receive of you your Holy Spirit to help to live and to walk as a Christian. Thank you, Father. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.